Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is DeAndre Kiera, and you are tuned in to a brand new episode of Just Let It Glow podcast. Y'all, I am so overwhelmed with all of the responses I've begun about the podcast. It's been so much fun. Um, I'm glad it resonates with y'all. Y'all still rocking with me. Um, So, yep. So I just thank you guys for listening. Um, This past week has just been... So, you know how, like, one part of your week just seems real regular and everything just seems mundane. And then there's like something triggers it to kick into high gear. And I've been busy for like since the last time I recorded. Like, I don't know, work picked up out of nowhere. And it was just one of those things where like nothing was happening. Then out of nowhere, everything was happening. And now I'm like back to like running around with a chicken with its head cut off. Like, you know, I'll tell you about my project later, but it's really cool. It's a cool project, but I'm like, uh, y'all think I'm this smart? That's one of those things. It's like, damn, y'all trust me with this, I guess. <laughs> but we'll see in a few months how my project comes off because either you'll hear my name for really, really bad reasons, or you might see me mentioned for really, really great reasons. So... Or nothing at all, but maybe in a few months I can talk about it. Um, but my week, it's been it's been good, though. I think it's good for things to kick into high gear as I'm, like, working through anxiety, self-sabotage, um, imposter syndrome, where I can now, like, delegate things and I can focus and I can, like, talk myself down a little bit and just really, like, give shit my all so I won't be, like, oh, no, like, this is all happening. Why is this happening? It's just like, lately, I don't know. I think it's the fucking ashwagandha. Because lately, I just been like, okay. <laughs> like, my brain has been real okay. Like, shit, like, the other day, I had ranch. I was eating something with ranch. I don't know how the ranch falls all over the fucking floor. I'm like, I just looked at it and started cracking up. Because that's just how life is. It's like, okay, you spilled ranch on all over the floor. That was the only ranch you had to eat this damn salad. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You'll make something else. And that's just how my brain has been lately. Like, there's nothing that's getting like a crazy reaction out of me. So that's either really, really good or really, really bad. But I think I'm just really working on my detachment skills. But y'all. Over the weekend, I watched that damn Megan movie. And honestly, I don't know if it was meant to be funny. I thought it was funny. I laughed a lot. But I honestly um, didn't think it was, like, meant to make me laugh. And now I'm just like, ah, you know, hilarious. So um, so what happens is basically it's this doll. And it's an artificial intelligence doll, like, the doll is supposed to be a companion for this little girl. It can give her, you know, the girl loses her parents. It gives her, like, the idea of having a parent while she's living with her aunt. And it, the doll is designed to do the things that parents don't want to do, which is constantly repeating themselves, playing with their kids, and all of this other stuff. Doubt, the shit goes awry. But what it made me question is, do people really just not want to be parents? Like, do you guys, like, like the parents out there, like, do you, like, literally just not want to be a parent? Because for someone to make this movie and think that, think of this in this way, it's like, damn, dude, we as a society complain about parenting so much that somebody came with the idea of creating a fucking doubt to parent our kids. And then the thing about it was, it was just about the science of it, but there wasn't anything about the psychology behind it or like the inventor had no idea about attachment styles or anything like that and there wasn't a real gauge of what this doll could or could not do or if it can decipher between you know helping and harming like so it was just dangerous and it makes me even think about you know the fact that we as a society often depend on like our village and that's fine 
But I remember when I was like a babysitter and for like a lot of people in my family, close to my family, like nanny, babysitter, whatever. And when I didn't have their kids, their kids would still run up, like run past their parents. Even like when I'm not babysitting, I'm not being a nanny or nothing, walk right past their parents and ask me for something. Like, and their parents thought it was fine. And it's like, I mean, yeah, like that's fine. Like I don't mind doing it. But in a sense where they're attached to me in a way where they're not even asking you to do something, that's a little, it's a little different. It's a little weird, you know, not weird, but like interesting that it's kind of like your kids become dependent on other people when you're not as present or when you find things to be annoying and they realize, oh yeah, I'm an ex, you know, this person, because this person is not going to get an attitude. They're just going to do it. Or this person actually enjoys doing this with me. Such and such doesn't mind taking me to the store or playing video games with me or whatever. And they kind of stop Xing you. And I think that sometimes we have to kind of peel back the layers of what we're using a village and what we're leaning on, especially when it comes to children and their attachment styles and all of that good stuff. Because I was really watching it thinking like, damn, the girl said something like, oh, you know, you get tired of telling a kid that they got to eat their vegetables so the doll does it. And it's like, well, that's what a parent does. <laughs> like, that's what a parent does. A parent is supposed to nurture, supposed to care for, explain things to children. You know, at my job now, I explain things to adults way more than I would like to. Just being completely honest. Like, honestly, I explain shit to adults way more than I would ever like to. So I can't really gauge how much should a kid retain when I'm literally working with people that can be my grandparents and my parents. And I have to explain the same thing 8 million different ways, 12 million times. At a high, fast pace, at a slow pace, walk you through it, let you do it yourself, show you how I do it. Here's a here's a, a worksheet telling you how to do it. Here's a video telling you how to do it. Here's an in-person training showing you how to do it. Like, I really do that with adults all day, so I can only imagine, you know, why do we have this high expectation for children to understand things? And that brought me to another video I saw on TikTok where this girl, and this is the shit that y'all do that pisses me off, and a lot of you need to just deal with the fact and get therapy for the fact that you hate children. This girl was like... I'm, um, people just need to stop traveling on planes with their kids and the th with their babies. And my thing is, what the fuck I'm supposed to do with the baby? Like, if a baby is crying on an airplane, me as a grown adult, I don't like flying. I have to self-soothe myself. I have rituals that I do, like, like a routine that I do every time I fly. Like, I had to have headphones. I got to have gum. I got to have a drink before I fly. I need, you know, a bag of chips because I, I might get a motion sickness. So I need that salt. I need the ginger ale that they bring around. I need to read a good book that I never read before. Like, I have all of these things. Or I need to go to sleep. These are things that as an adult I know to do to soothe myself when flying. How do you got and everybody has their routine, right? How do you expect the baby to soothe themselves while being I don't know how many air miles up in the sky and it's an unfamiliar feeling and the plane is loud and it stinks and there's strangers all around. Be fucking for real. Like really seek therapy. Like I'm somebody that'd be like, you know, I don't I don't like being in a lot of kids' spaces like Chuck E. Cheese or shit like that. Only because, not because the kids annoy me, but there's so much screaming that I always think it's something wrong with kids. Like, I always be like, oh my God, what's wrong with the kid? And there literally is nothing wrong. They just happy because they run a bunch of fucking tickets and they're screaming. Or like when they just, kids just, one thing I noticed, like kids just fucking fall and they just pick themselves back up. I think that kids are so fragile. I be thinking like, oh my God, like 
did they break an arm? And it's like, no, he's fine. You see, he ran off. And in my head, and my nerves be like, oh, shit, we're going to have to go to the hospital. But that's because I'm not really around kids like that. But I don't get aggravated at kids. Like, the people that really get angry about kids doing kid shit, I really want you to, like, seek therapy and figure out why that is. And perhaps it's because your parents didn't have the patience to deal with you. But let's talk about... Child, let's talk about this. So, do you guys... I want you guys to write in the comments and let me know if you think that Michael B. Jordan is Courtney. Me? I don't know. I don't really see much of his personality to say one way or the other. And I also don't really know what Courtney is. I think Courtney is different for every person. You know, like the guys that people think are so cool, I really think are like lame and weird and I don't fuck with that. So I honestly would like a Michael B. Jordan. But I so over the weekend, Michael B. Jordan was on the premiere um, red carpet for his new movie, Creed Theory, which I'm probably going to go see. It's based in Philly. It's about Apollo Creed. You know, it's the third damn movie. Y'all should know what the damn movie about, but whatever. So while he's doing his red carpet interviews, he runs into a radio personality, radio personality named L'Oreal. I know L'Oreal. She used to be a rapper. She was on Love & Hip Hop. I know who she is. She was a rapper, used to be on Love & Hip Hop for like a season, and she used to be on Angela Yee's podcast, and she's bounced from different podcasts since then. Um, she, in a podcast earlier last year, talked about how she grew up with um, Michael B. Jordan. They were in the same seventh grade class. They went to the same school for a year. And in the when she was describing it, she brought up the fact that she and the rest of the kids would call him corny because he was very focused on becoming an actor and he would take modeling pics and his name was Michael B. Jordan. And they felt like, you know, you're no Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan was super popular at the time. So they made fun of him and she's laughing about it in this podcast late, last year. Fast forward to this weekend, she says, hey, how you doing? He walks up to her. She was like, "You, I don't know if you remember, we went to the same middle school. And he said, oh, yeah, you said I was corny, right? And she was like, no, I never said that. She was kind of back, you know what we say, backpedaling and pussy popping on it a little bit. And he was like, no, you know, you said I was corny. But then after that, it was just let, let go. It was like, oh, so the internet took that and went wild and the debates have ensued. I kind of see it two different ways, right? I could see it like, okay, Michael B. Jordan, did you really need to do like my Mike, a Mike Jones moment? Like back then they didn't want me, now I'm hot, they all on me type shit. Or, you know, L'Oreal, on the other hand, you were just talking about how y'all would, would talk shit about the boy and how you went to school with him. Dead ass, he probably never really... Remember that you were one of the kids talking shit about him, but the fact that you felt like you can talk about it on your podcast or radio show or whatever have you and still laugh about it as a grown-ass adult, you know, I would flex on your ass too, not going to lie. But I also see it being like, oh, Michael, like, are you harboring these issues from middle school? And I'll say this. Don't, don't play in my fucking face. You know what I mean? That's the energy I always have. Don't play in my face. Like, when I see people that I went to school with that weren't that nice to me or didn't fuck with me, I give the same energy. We ain't talking. We ain't speaking. I don't have no ill will, but I don't fuck with you. And don't be excited to see me. Don't do it. Because I'm a really, I'm a, I might hit you with a what's up, but that's about it. And on the other hand, I don't really harbor ill will to nobody because I realized we were children and that um, you probably were being bullied or people, you know, as I get older, everybody makes fun of everybody. Like there's a kid I made fun of. Somebody made fun of me. I probably made fun of the person who made fun of me. That's the shit that happens as kids. But other people they really do harbor that. And I think to 
greet them like everything is good, like y'all long walls, buddy or pals is very egotistical a little bit. And then she kind of gaslit him like, oh, I never said I bullied him. You did. <laughs> you did. You said we. You included yourself in the we. If I was telling a story about somebody that I know that got teased and I didn't tease them, I would say the kids, the other kids would tease him. I wouldn't say we teased him. And I don't know what your little raspy is, but she probably was mean as fuck. And so she made a statement. And one thing I hate, and we're going to get into a lot of colorism on this episode, so brace yourselves. One thing I really hate is when it comes to bullying or talking about being bullied, when light-skinned people say that, oh, I was bullied too because I was light-skinned. That's such a dumb-ass response. Didn't nobody fucking tease, like, especially for L'Oreal, who has a weird-ass voice, but the first thing for you to say is that you were teased simply for being light-skinned at an all-black school. Let me just say this. L'Oreal is light-bright. However, there is a lot of lighter girls, a lot of more racially ambiguous girls back in the day at these schools than her. She's like more of, she's bright. She's a bright girl, but she's not like, you wouldn't not think she was black. <laughs> like, oh, they called me white girl. And y'all ran off with it. A lot of y'all that was called white girl in school, y'all thought this shit was cute. A lot of y'all actually didn't find it defensive. Def- like, y'all didn't take it as a diss. Y'all thrived in the fact that people called y'all fucking white girl. Very few probably felt a few away, but L'Oreal, you give me the type that thrived in the fact that people called you white girl. Not going to lie. And the fact that you included yourself in the we, I wouldn't fuck with you either if I was Michael B. Jordan. But also, Michael B. Jordan, I hope you're not giving off that weird-ass energy that every girl or every girl that teased you in fucking middle school now has to pay. Like, the new bitches in your life have to pay for what them bitches did. I hope that's not the energy that you're like carrying because that's weird. And I feel like there's a lot of guys that's like that, that their sole purpose of becoming successful is to shit on the girls that didn't want them while they were in high school. And I see that a lot. I was dating somebody and I just wasn't really into his personality. It wasn't that I found him unattractive. It's not that I found him to be unsuccessful. Well, he wasn't that successful. But it wasn't no real reason that, like, to me, our personalities just did not click. And the first thing he wanted to brag about when I was just like, you know, I don't really think this is going to work. Like, I'm just not, it's just not, like, we're arguing. I don't argue with people, and I damn sure not going to argue with nobody I date. Very, very early on, like, that's not about to happen. So... I just don't think like it's in the cards for us type of shit. Y'all know this nigga going to say, oh yeah, why? Because you want to date the street guys that you're used to dating. I said, the fuck? (laughs) I said, what? He was like, yeah, the guys that you're all used to dating. Like, I know you're not used to a college educated man like me. And I took a pause and I was like, I think you use that shit on motherfuckers that never went to college. I have been around college educated men for before a bitch went to college, number one. Two, that's a story for another day. Two, I have like at the standard that you think every black woman that does not want you has to want a street dude is very, very disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. It's very insane. And two, you have a freaking uh, job that anybody, any Joe Schmo can have. And he was working two of those jobs. And I wasn't trying to shit on him or what he was doing. But at the same time, it wasn't like you were super, uber successful. And I just should have been super grateful to date you. Like there was that was not what it was given. And the fact that I wasn't interested literally had nothing to do with the fact that you were educated or wasn't educated. I just didn't like you. But that's the energy that it gives off is that you wanna shit on all the 
girls that wanted street dudes growing up, they didn't want you. And now that you're kind of semi-successful, you want to shit on them and make them wish they wanted you. And it's that obsession of thinking like the hot girl from high school is now like fat and obese and broke with a bunch of kids. Like that's with a lot of energy. That's what I could possibly see why people say like, what Michael B. Jordan did was corny because it's reminiscent of that. But I think he didn't really go in. I think he just made a comment. And I think Michael B. Jordan has that energy. Like no one knows if he's joking. He's very much Killmonger in real life. Like I wouldn't take a fucking joke. I wouldn't joke with him. Seems a little erotic. I don't, he has very dry humor. So I would have taken it as it is, but maybe from his like standpoint that he didn't take it that serious. He just repeated what she stated, you know? But I feel like you got to be careful with these stories you tell. Like, I wouldn't go talk about how, you know, IT is a goddamn multimillionaire. I'd be like, yeah, he was so nice. <laughs> he was always talented, and he was so nice to everybody. And I would never, ever, ever do that. I, 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 he was just so nice to me. I would not have been like, oh yeah, we all called him corny. Yup. <laughs> like, that's insane. But yeah. Speaking of Michael Jordan's, so Larsa Pimpin, is it Pippin or Pimpin? Pippin. Larsa Pippin went on the Tamron Hall show. And I don't really know what for because Real House of, of Miami, I mean, they're filming, but it's not like the reunion or anything like that. Like, it's nothing. It's been filming for a while. There, It's been airing for a while, so I don't know. I guess she did some promo for Real Housewives of Miami, but baby, <laughs> Tamara Hall took <laughs> the time to kind of put the microscope on Larsa Pippen's relationship with Michael Jordan Jr., which is the oldest son of Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan, who played on the Bulls with Scottie Pippen, Larsa Pippen's ex-husband. And um, Michael Jordan Jr., say that three times, is 15 years, 15 years younger than Larsa Pippen. Larsa Pippen, I believe, was dating one of the ball boy brothers at one point, who was basically the same age as one of her sons. Um, she has just been very, very messy, doing very groupy shit. Um, definitely weird energy, definitely Kardashian-esque appearance. Um, and Larsa, I mean, Tamara Hall just basically was asking her, you know, how is dating him? You know, do you see why people have the opinions that they have about your relationship or the fact that, um... It's kind of messy. You're dating your husband's, your ex-husband's former co-worker of many years' son. And at some point, you know, when you have co-workers, you invite them to kids' parties. Like, you were around when he was a child. If you put it in that perspective, what Larsa Pimpin is doing is giving grooming. It's giving Mrs. Robinson. It's giving... I don't know if you were being weird with him when he was a kid. Because to say like, oh, we recently linked up through friends and we just liked each other and now we're dating. I don't know. It's giving weird. Like, that's like weird to be around a kid with someone when they were literally a child and viewed them as a child, you know, and watched them grow up and date them now knowing that there's some close ties. It's quite different for you as a 45-year-old to, on a whim, meet a 30-year-old that you never met before and date him. That's not as bad, but to kind of have been in close relations with him during his upbringing is kind of weird because you literally watched watched this man grow up and it begs the the, the um, question of how genuine this is. And if this isn't as genuine, why go through this? Why face the scrutiny? And um, 
I guess, you know, a lot of people are like Tamara Hall was kind of like slut shaming her. And I don't know if she was slut shaming her, but more so thinking about like as a woman with sons and someone um, was to date Larsa's sons that she, like that's like Khloe Kardashian dating one of Larsa's sons now that they're grown. If they if they are grown. Is it, it don't seem right because you literally watch the kid grow up. Like, so it looks weird. Not even in the sense, like, the age is secondary. Y'all could, you know, he could be 40 and you could be 55, but it just looks weird, you know? It's not really about the age, age difference. It's more of the proximity of the relationship that gives off kind of a weird energy. Like, I feel like it would be weird for me to date one of my mom's former co-workers. That's weird as shit. That's weird as fuck. <laughs> like, what? Or the husband of one of my mom's old co-workers that I've probably been around a time, a few times when I was growing up. And, like, that's weird. Um, but I will say, y'all got real sensitive on daytime TV and that's why y'all don't deserve a Wendy Williams because Tamron Hall didn't go nearly as much as I've seen Wendy Williams do for less. And that just gives me like, y'all are so damn sheltered and weak about shit. Like it's so, it's giving lame. Like y'all are all just so in your feelings about like daytime TV host X and the hard questions. You know what's a hard ass interview to watch? Diane Sawyer and Whitney Houston. That's a hard damn interview to watch because she was all up in Whitney business, basically called her a goddamn crackhead. So maybe maybe matter of fact, go on throwback um TV on YouTube and look up old Wendy Williams interviews. Then maybe, just maybe, y'all would stop being so goddamn sensitive about anytime somebody asks somebody a question about their decisions. And um, that just brings me to the idea that I know they said, like, Wendy Williams is doing better. But I really hope she has a podcast because Radio Wendy and TV Wendy are two different people. And I feel like if you give her a podcast where she can kind of say anything she wants, I feel like even me having a podcast, I feel like she's going to take over. Like whatever day she airs her podcast, if it's on a Thursday, I'm changing the day. Just let it glow comes out. I'm telling y'all right now. Y'all are not. This is already a small podcast. If Wendy Williams come out and she drop on a goddamn Thursday, we drop in on Friday to talk about what the hell Wendy Williams said on her podcast. I'm telling y'all right now. <laughs> so, Yeah. I, I don't know. I want that for Wendy. I want her to, you know, pop out. So, um, so there's a group of Karens that are discussing, are accusing Disney of blackwashing characters because of the fact that Yara Shahidi is playing one of the fairies in the Peter Pan movie, live action movie. I think it's iridescent or something like that is the fairy that fairy that Yari Shahidi is playing and the character was previously white um I think Karen's don't understand when this movie was made I think Peter Pan was made in like the 1940s there was no way for there to be any fairies of color I want to see I'm gonna look it up Peter Pan was first is a Scottish fictional character that first made its first appearance in 1902. Why the fuck would it have been a white a black fairy back then? Also, being a fairy is not real. Fairies are mystical creatures that are in fairy tale land. Okay, we're gonna break this down. They're not real people. So the color of their skin or their nationality really plays no difference. You can be black and from Scotland, if you didn't know. Like, you can also be from far, far away land 
and be black or Asian or of Hispanic descent or, uh, well, Indian people are Asian, but you know, whatever. You can literally be fucking Samoan if you want to and be just fine. You do not have to, like being black is not, like having a black fairy does not take away from this storyline. What takes away from a storyline is if you put, that somebody was like, oh, so I'm just going to, we're going to have a white Pocahontas. No, bitch, because Pocahontas is a real fucking person. Is based off the Sacagawea, I think, which is a real fucking person, and they're Native American. Native Americans were not white. They were not of white descent. Therefore, um, Pocahontas can't be the fuck white. Also, Princess Tiana, her being black is written into the storyline because her her family is from the French Creole of Louisiana by the Bayou, New Orleans. Her literal story is based off of Black culture. So no, she cannot be white. Mulan is based off Chinese American history. Therefore, she cannot be white. But you know, um, you know, a fairy can be white, pink, yellow, Asian, whatever. Puerto Rican, black, blue if they want to. It can be anything because it's not a real motherfucking creature. It's not a real thing. It's not a real person. There's not a real reference. It's not based off of anything, but someone's a fucking imagination. Like, be absolutely for real. You know, like when you see a unicorn, and your kids playing with unicorns and they come in different colors. It's because it's not real. It's not real. But you know why in a live action TV show, why they wouldn't make a tiger fucking pink? Because there's no fucking pink tigers. The same way, <laughs> like on Disney, they can't change the race of something that's the indicative to the race of the character, to the basis of that character. And until you bitches get in your thick fucking skulls, until I see a black Jesus and one of your high, uh, high filming productive productions, bitch, you know what I'm trying to say? Until we see black Jesus, then I think you guys should be quiet. Until we see a black Cleopatra, I think you should be quiet. Until y'all right the wrong of having a white man play Michael Jackson, I think y'all should be quiet, you know? And you letting your racist show, and this is why I tell people, give people enough time to hang themselves and get comfortable with you. Like on the internet, the, one thing the internet and TikTok and Twitter has shown us, these folks is racist. <laughs> They don't give a shit. You change a fucking mystical, mystical creature for a movie that's not for their grown asses, but for children to see representation, for black little girls to see representation in these Disney movies is important. When they did the live action um, Cinderella, Cinderella, once again, is not based off of anything real. Her being white was not a part of the story. So you know what they did? They made Cinderella black, Prince Charming Asian, her stepsister black, her stepsister white, the step stepmother white. If you watch that damn movie, Prince Charming's father is white and his mama black, and he's Asian. I, we don't question it. We just enjoyed the damn movie. We just enjoyed the movie. We did not question... Why Cinderella, one of Cinderella's stepsisters was a white redhead and why the other was a black lady. Did not question it. We enjoyed the fucking movie. Enjoyed the movie. It should not matter. If it did not change the character development, it should not matter. It just shouldn't. Like, be fucking for real. And stop... Like proving your yeah, Peter Pan came out in 1953. 
Do you think that Walt Disney would have put out a black fucking fairy in 1953? What the fuck was happening? You think black people was fighting for a fucking black fairy in 1953 when they were fucking being chased and hosed the fuck down and fucking spat on and fucking churches being set on fire and killing children? Do you think that any black person was about to fucking boycott about Peter Pan having a white, a black fucking fairy? But no, you feel like, first of all, Peter Pan ain't even nobody's favorite fucking Disney movie. That's number one. So I don't even, I probably seen this shit about one time. But now that y'all made this shit a big hoopla, now I got to go see Yara Shahidi as goddamn iridescent. And then I got to go see, and if y'all start y'all shit with Holly Bailey again, I'm on y'all ass. But I got to go see her play The Little Mermaid because y'all are losing, losing your mind. And now I got to invest to make sure that they do well at the goddamn box office because you Karen's showing your ass once again. But whatever. I forgot to tell y'all. There's one person. Remember how I told you guys there's like a celebrity that I really don't have a reason to like. And that's um, Alicia Keys. Well, I have a white person that's like that. And it's not no real reason. And everybody likes this person. I do not like pink. I don't like pink. Pink makes my ass itch. Like, I don't like her at all. And I know why I don't like her. So it's not as like egregious as why I don't like Alicia Keys. Cause I really have no reason not to like Alicia Keys. Couldn't tell you a real reason. She just irritates my spirit, but pink irritates my spirit because I feel like she puts fire to shit and then watches it blow up and it act like it's the media's fault or it's anybody's fault as to why the things happen. And also I just never liked the fact that she came out doing R&B music and became widely successful off the backs of working with Black songwriters, Black producers, Black video directors, Black production um, company, Black recording label. And then later, there was a behind the music. And I used to watch this shit all the time. It was a behind the music where she was just like, I never wanted to do any of that. They forced me to do all of that. And I wanted to be a rock star and I'm a rocker and I was doing this and I'm into that. And it's great. That is who you are at your core. But you can't tell me they saw you as a white girl from Doylestown, PA, coming through on some rocker shit, singing rock music and said, you know what? We're going to make her a fucking R&B star. No, bitch. There's an audio. There's an audition of you singing black music, black R&B songs. And they said, oh, she sounds good. Let's make an R&B type album, which kept a lot of the pop rock that you do like to do. So that's why I don't fucking like her. And two, she won't. She's like a dog with a bone when it comes to this Lady Marmalade shit. So she has said this in the past. And I, I really get annoyed, too, with these people asking her the same shit over and over. But I also get mad at the fact that, bitch, you have said it over and over and over and over and over, and you haven't shut the fuck up about it yet. They asked her about her tiff with Christina Millie, what's her name? Christina Aguilera during Lady Marmalade and what really happened. She has said the shit for the last, like, 20 years. We already get it. We know it. We don't care. They got into a fight, basically, because the song was Christina Aguilera, Christina, Chris, what's her name? Pink was sitting in Christina Aguilera's chair on some spiteful shit, I'm sure. Christina Aguilera wanted her to get up. Pink wouldn't get up. They started arguing back and forth on the video set. Boom. They almost got into a fight. Also, Pink wasn't feeling the fact that Ryan Flair, which was the producer on the Lady Marmalade track, along with Missy Elliott, said that only... Christina Aguilera could do the high notes. I hate to tell y'all this. I know it hurts your feeling because you feel like you can do a high note, Pink. However, you ain't singing like motherfucking Christina. And I'm going to tell you as a person who actually enjoys your verse on that song, and I enjoy the song as a fucking whole, 
I didn't want to hear you scream in my ear. I like the way Christina screams. We're going to rock with Christina Aguilera. But my issue with Pink is, is that she went into detail in 2023 about what happened with a um, media outlet and then denounced the media outlet and called them, you know, like basically they're trying to, to bring up old shit and she really just wanted to talk about her mu- new music. No, you have been in this fucking industry since 1999. I had the first album. I enjoyed it. You've been out since 1999. That's 24 fucking years. You know, you have had media training. You come up in the era of media training. All you had to do is, child, I'm not talking about that. All I can tell you is we got a fucking Grammy out of it and it's one of the highest selling female songs in the world. And let it go. You decided to be petty. You decided to go into detail about what happened and that's why it went viral. You relit the flame because, to be honest, if you didn't do it, would we have known that Pink came out with another another album? Would we? No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't care. We wouldn't give a damn. Nobody still gives a damn. Let me see how many streams she get this week. How much did that interview get for her to talk about an old ass fight that we all been knew about? Speaking of old ass bitches, let's let's go into the glow up topic. It's not really a glow up topic. I just think I just I'm just more of a rant this week. More of a rant because I'm just so tired. All right, y'all know I watch Real Housewives of Potomac. I watch all most of the Real Housewives shows, especially the black ones. I love reality TV. Like I told y'all last week, I watch this shit so y'all don't have to. But it always, Potomac is one of the harder shows for me to watch ever since its inception because of the fact that it's so, it has always had the spirit of colorism on its back. The very first season, the entire cast was light-skinned. The entire cast was light-skinned. And it was said, like they would say, this is the light-skinned housewife show. Because the entire cast was light-skinned. And on Real Housewives of Atlanta, there's different hues where majority of the women are brown and beautiful. And there's different levels of hues. There has never been a time where it was majority light-skinned women on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Real Housewives of Atlanta, you could see a real representation of every kind of woman there is. Hands down. A very very good representation of black women that most black women could watch that show and physically see someone that at least mirrors them just a little bit on Potomac. Not so much. So they came back with the second season and they brought Monique. Monique is about my complexion. Still not brown skin, still not brown enough for them not to be colorist. So then they bring in Candace, who's a darker tone black woman. Still, you know, she's darker tone, but for real, for real, they still needed some more melanin on that show. So they bring in Whitney, Wendy, and then you start to see the shift in that television show. You start to see the shift. You start to see the biases. And as someone who didn't really understand colorism for a long time, I didn't understand the privilege it is to be lighter tone. I understood the history, but I didn't understand how it affected with me. And as I got older, I'm like, and I would see people do stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's real weird. That's like, I always knew when shit was weird, but I just didn't know how it pertained to me until I was about like a teenager. And I could really, and even like in college, I was still learning like, yeah, that shit is kind of weird. You know what I mean? So they had discussed on the reunion. Um, they basically discussed colorism in a way that I felt like didn't do the show justice. And it didn't do Black women justice. It didn't do... It added no real context because there was so much gaslighting. So they were given the option to have a moderator. 
Candace wanted a moderator and I think Wendy wanted a moderator. Instead of just giving the two brown-skinned women the fucking moderator to have the conversation, the rest of the cast, not the rest, but the cast was outvoted and they didn't have one. That's the first fucking mistake. Because as long as the two women that felt like they are victims of colorism felt like they needed representation on that stage to speak for them, to guide that conversation, they should have fucking got it. That was the first fuck up. Two, I agree with Carlos King. Andy Ed should have been off the fucking stage. And I do respect Andy for acknowledging that he's going to be silent because he doesn't understand it. That wasn't a conversation for him to be a moderator for in any kind of way. He shouldn't even been on the fucking stage because I feel like black people unconsciously, when you are in the midst of white people, we already put on arrears and you're not as comfortable to talk about black issues when there is a white person present. I'm being very honest. I see it all the time. I have worked in social work for years. Um, I remember doing, um, being a part of, a a presentation that one of my supervisors did on like black women in healthcare and how they're being treated. The white doctors uncomfortable as fuck, uncomfortable as fuck. Instead of just seeing that, yeah, that shit does happen, but whatever. So black people tend to put on arrears as if everything's okay. And that everything's not fucking okay. And they gaslit Candace and they gaslit Wendy. And they're like, one thing that Giselle pissed me off, they tried to correlate how Giselle didn't, how she ran to Mia. And Mia, Mia attacked Wendy. Mia is a light-skinned woman. Wendy is a dark-skinned woman. Mia threw a drink on Wendy. Mia hit Wendy with a bag. Instead of coming to Wendy's defense, they said we didn't come to her. her Robin and Giselle did not come to Wendy's defense because they don't like her. These are two light-skinned women. Damn near, if this was back in the day, they would be passing as white. For them to say to a dark-skinned woman, we didn't come to your defense because we don't like you. Is that not reminiscent of white people bearing witness to a black person being hung or doing the hanging or shooting a white person or a a white cop coming into a black neighborhood and not caring if this person gets help or not or if they die or not because they don't like black people? Is that not reminiscent of that? And that is the clear, the clear as day bias that is on that show because you why would you do something like that like i don't like you so i won't come to your defense like that doesn't look like as people who have been on the show regardless if you like wendy or not if you've been on reality tv show for a long time and you know how things are perceived why do some stupid shit like that because you feel like you're going to get away with it. You feel like you're justified. And because you're being a very a light-skinned woman with light eyes and long hair and silky hair, you know, you're being taught that people believe you and that there is no way that nobody would take her word over yours. Then to say, I think Ashley, I think, It was Giselle. Um, Candace was saying that because she's emotional and because she can argue down with the best of them, she gets judged more harshly than Robin. Instead of listening to what Candace is saying regarding how she feels as a brown-skinned woman in a sea of light-skinned bullshit on this television show, fucking Giselle says, well, what does that have to do with colorism? She just fucking told you. She just fucking told you. You judge more harsh when it is a woman of a darker hue. 
She just fucking said it. But instead of listening, and that's why there needed to be another moderator, because instead of listening and accepting what she said, even if you don't naturally agree because you just haven't gotten to that level of consciousness yet, and you're not willing to hear it because then you have to address all the shit you've done, Giselle. And I'm sorry, Giselle, you give me mean bitch. You give me that you didn't see it for dark-skinned women until you had them brown-skinned children from fucking a dark-skinned man. You give me that you were mean as fuck, especially during your college years. Especially. And she, someone brought up, Bonnie Blue on YouTube brought up the fact that Giselle comes from a civil rights um, activist family. Her dad was a civil rights activist. And someone on the live said, well, you know, the civil rights movement was colorist as well. And it fucking was. It was. And I'm not even going to bring that up into detail. But look up the real, how how Rosa Parks, the, um, the Montgomery bus boycott really fucking happened. And why Rosa Parks was chosen. Because she was a light-skinned woman with a job at the NAACP. And the, she set it up. It was still courageous, but it was a setup. It wasn't a natural progression for her to be on that bus. It was a young, dark-skinned girl who was pregnant, and she was a teenager, and she was on a bus. And she didn't get up because she was fucking tired. Rosa Parks wasn't fucking tired. Rosa Parks was sent to do that to ignite the Montgomery bus boycott because they didn't feel like the girl that it actually happened to was a good representation for the movement. So when we talk about colorism on this show, and it's a woman who family comes from that era and that way of thinking, I can't help but to think that you are colorist. And I don't think that you understand it. I don't think a lot of people understand it. There might have been a time in my life. No, it wasn't. My family always been. I can't even try to relate to a bitch like that because my family, we all come in different hues. But I have been around people that praise my skin complexion. And I didn't think nothing of it, right? I've been around people that had, and I always get annoyed when people just keep making mention of my eye color and shit like that because it just irritates me because y'all act like black people don't have white eyes. It's a lot of us. It's really not that... It's not that different. It's just the way people, black people's eyes come in. Like, it's not that deep. It's not that special. Yes, they're beautiful. But I'm pretty sure if we're in a restaurant, there's at least 10 other bitches with this eye color. Really not that fucking deep. You know what I mean? Like, let's... Let's cool out on these things. And I told y'all before, it was in an episode before, like somebody asked me what I was mixed with because of my eye color. There is nothing about me that would give you that I ain't all black. Now, I might be lighter skinned, but a bitch damn sure wasn't in the fucking house. Damn sure it wasn't. And I'm glad. Because the funny thing is that I find, I remember on a show, they were excited about when they were talking about who would have been in the house and who wouldn't have been a few seasons ago. Bitch, let me tell you this right now. As someone who has read slave journals and plenty of books and things like that in the past, I would have never wanted to be in a motherfucking house. I would have took that fucking ass whipping before I I praised the fact. It was hard being in that house. Do you know the type of shit you had to deal with? Mind you, when we talking about people that were house slaves, we're not talking about the fucking L'Oreal's of the world, the fucking light-skinned girls, light-skinned Keisha's, or any of you, you bitches that we can still tell is black. You know who was in the fucking house? Bitches that look like Zendaya. Those were the passing whites, that, passing mulattoes, motherfuckers that look like Lotto, motherfuckers that look like Mariah Carey. Giselle, bitch, you still had black features. You would have been in the fields. Robin would have been in the house, but y'all just think being light-skinned was enough. No, bitch, you had to be damn near white to be in a house. So keep thinking that colorism wouldn't have affected you. It sure would have. 
And also remember, while you're a colorist, there's racism ahead. And when it comes to the mouth of a white woman or a white man, you don't, you still look, you it don't mean shit to them. A nigga is a nigga if they're racist. Is a nigga is a nigga. You ain't on no, this ain't, you know, fucking slavery time that you're on a different hierarchy because you're a lighter skin. That's that bullshit. And I just feel like as women with brown daughters, as y'all eloquent, eloquently kept saying that you guys can understand the fact that you have had colorist bias and that colorism from this audience have ruled in your fucking favor and that you now want to make a change instead of fucking sitting up on that stage and gaslighting the fuck out of them people and for Giselle, for you to say out your fucking mouth, Robin, you said the same shit. I didn't feel like I needed to come to a person's defense that was attacked because I don't like them. That's so disgusting. That's one of, and and I don't I said this last year, but I don't know how much I can keep watching this show because the way that y'all treat other women, there's no sisterhood on this show. There's no camaraderie on this show. The fact that y'all travel out the country is together is very fucking insane because I feel like to say some shit like that, you would allow anything to happen to that lady on a trip. You would sit there and watch somebody fucking snatch her up and you wouldn't protect her because you don't like her. And as an adult, that's crazy. An adult with teenage daughters, Rob, um, Giselle, that's motherfucking crazy. So that means if your daughters witness, you're teaching your daughters, if they witness something occur to someone that they don't necessarily get along with, it's okay for them to watch and laugh and ridicule and do nothing and gaslight the situation or add fuel to the fire because they don't like the person. And you have to be careful of the words you put out in this world because that shit is going to come back and haunt you. And I know they feel like, and that's why you bitches is getting sued by Eminem. And at first, I wasn't even on Eminem's side. But take them bitches. Make sure they don't make no damn money off that raggedy-ass podcast. Take the title back, Slim Shady. And I don't even like his ass. But these bitches don't even deserve it. Let a white man take that shit from y'all since y'all feel like colorism gonna fucking save y'all every single time. Let him snatch that title up. (sighs) I could go in more because there's just so much stuff on this show that aggravates me. But I will say this, shout out to Karen for trying to explain it as a lighter skinned woman, what colorism is, although you all understand what colorism is and how it plays in on the show. And it was very courageous for Candace to have that conversation, Wendy as well, to have that conversation on that show, because I feel like it's an unspoken thing amongst Black women that we don't talk about. And brown-skinned women feel like they can't have that conversation without a light-skinned bitch like L'Oreal talking about how she was teased because she was fucking light-skinned. But whatever. I'm going to tell y'all right now, I went to school with all black kids. I went to school with a girl that really looked white. I'm going to tell you, didn't nobody tease her ass. And even if it was, like, call her white girl, she liked that shit. And a lot of y'all like that shit. That's why y'all still lie about having Indian in your family, because y'all like that shit. Because y'all can't explain the fact that I'm fully black, and black people can have long hair, and black people do have light eyes. Sorry to, sorry to disappoint you, bitch, but I'm black. No, y'all let people convince y'all to say that y'all got goddamn... Native American or whatever the fuck else in your family or that you're great, great. I hate a bitch that be like, I'm black, French, Portuguese, and Irish. Like, girl, get the fuck out of here with your ancestry. But yeah, whatever. I I do give kudos to the other ladies on the show for trying to have an honest conversation. But Bravo didn't give enough time. And honestly, it should have been a special where they talked about this amongst other black women on Bravo and had a real conversation with a real moderator. You know what I mean? Um, I think that would have been better than whatever the fuck they did on this show. 
but yeah let me know your guys thoughts and let me uh know how you guys feel about this week's episode what do you think about the colorism do you think michael b jordan is corny do you think l'oreal is corny what are you thinking about disney um fans being upset about black characters being introduced in the live action films i want to hear all you guys' response and let me know so email me at justletitglowpod at gmail.com if you have any advice questions you want to send me any story times you want to tell us about or any business inquiries that you want you know we do promo over here baby so definitely um hit me up on gmail and connect with us on twitter let me know your thoughts on this week's episode at just let it glow pie on twitter and we are at jst let it glow on instagram i pop in and go live on there from time to time so just make sure you guys follow and um i will see you guys soon bye